My name is Alex Atwood. I'm with Gravy Workforce Technologies, and you're listening to the SME Podcast. You are now listening to the next great small business podcast. Welcome to the SME Stories Podcast, where it is all about small businesses in Canada. And here's your host, Ken Alfred. Everybody, thanks for downloading the show. We got a great episode today with Alex Atwood. Now, Alex Atwood is the founder and CEO of Gravy Work. Gravy Work actually connects thousands of workers with flexible and part-time hourly jobs via mobile app. Gravy Work staff serve several different industries, including hospitality, warehouse operations, and retail merchandising. Additionally, Gravy Work staffing software makes it very easy to find local talent with the right skills and certifications for any job in a breeze. Clients can post the jobs quickly through GravyWorks online platform, and talent can accept the jobs with a click of a button on the GravyWorks app. Now, a little bit about Alex, actually. He has more than 20 years' experience as a serial entrepreneur, helming four startups in the hospitality and staffing space. He fostered skilled, efficient teams as a founder and CEO of Sandy Staff, co-founder of GravyWorks, the CEO that we're talking about, the CEO of PSG, and the CEO of the Hospitality Training Institute. Alex has served more than 8,000 satisfied clients across staffing and hospitality and serves as an angel investor, serves as an angel investor in firms that help to build a better world. So we're going to have a very interesting episode today. I think Alex is going to have a lot of great stories. So sit back and absorb. All right. All right, guys, we have Alex Atwood of Gravy Work. Alex, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing extremely well. How are you? Doing well. We're recording this in October, and I'm wearing the uh, Blue Jays colors, which is uh, for the MLB for baseball right now. Yeah, the Jays are in the playoffs, so go Jays, go! Beautiful. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, so how are you doing? You're doing everything ready to go. Everything's ready to go. Yeah, I'm excited to talk. Excellent. To you. Excellent. All right. So, Alex Atwood. Yes. Great work. Yes. What's your story? Well, um, I have many stories. If we're talking about my my journey as a um, as a lifestyle business entrepreneur, um, I'm happy to talk about that story. Um, and I have a story that's probably, uh, probably a story that others have traveled down. Um, those who have ever been involved in a family business, that's how my story started, which is how lots of small business stories begin. Um, and so uh, my story started back in, <clears throat> wow, I guess it, it was back in the, the 1970s, actually, when my Parents met each other um, uh, through a staffing agency. In a way, my my mother was uh, was working as a uh, a temp uh, at a staffing agency where my dad was the uh, was the manager, and so um, she had just uh, immigrated from to Toronto from um, uh, from Iran at the time. This was this was a sort of a tumultuous time in the history of that country. And, um, and so she arrived in, in Canada and, and needed to pick up a job. So, uh, she needed work. So, so she went and found uh, a staffing agency to be able to pick up some odd jobs as she was getting her herself stabilized and, uh, and, and, and needing to be able to earn some income. So, so they met, uh, they dated for a while, um, got married. Um, and, uh, and then I was born in, in Toronto, uh, in the 1970s and at the time, uh, you know, early in their marriage, um, my father, who had been in the staffing industry for some time, he was a, a musician and uh, and a staffing manager by day. So um, uh, when things went uh, really south in her home country of Iran and families started coming, um, they were all entrepreneurs from the old country. 
And, um, and so my mother wanted to carry on that tradition. And my father, with his experience in the staffing industry, uh, they decided that with some funding through uh, my grandfather, they would start a true family business, which was um, a staffing business. And they decided they wanted to do that in the United States. And so they moved down to the Washington, D.C. area um, with me. I think I was three or four years old. And they started their first staffing company um, uh, that was primarily focused on um, industrial uh, types of jobs. And, and in our world, industrial is um, any sort of jobs that require people to actively work, labor type jobs. So think warehouses, think manufacturing companies, things like that. So, th so they started the company. It was the late 70s at the time. And, um, and unfortunately, though the business, uh, though she had taken to the business and my father had too, and ultimately my grandfather had too, the marriage didn't work out so well. And so by the, um, by the early 80s, the marriage had unfortunately dissolved. And both my mother and my father now, and my grandfather, who was part of the broken business, had all started their own staffing companies. And so I was an only child. Um, and, uh, and so I was sort of drifting uh, across all of these different staffing companies. Now, I, I, I learned at that time that the staffing business um, is very segmented. It's a, it's a, it's it, the majority of it is run by, um, by mom and pop type operations that are mainly regionally uh, uh, located. And, uh, and it's always been a, an, an industry that's built on relationships. Uh, it's a people business. You're connecting people with open jobs. And so when you have a business that is that by nature, you're going to have relationships and you have a lot of people involved. So uh, my mother, luckily enough, she was a people person. She was very outgoing. And so she was able to, to run a successful business. So, so as a child, I grew up in that industry and I was doing things like folding time cards into envelopes and, and uh, you know, handing out paychecks. Go ahead. To to our listeners, they're like, "What's a what's a time card?" A, a time. Like, oh, no, okay, the, yeah, a time card. You know, I'm like, I'm I know I'm familiar with yeah. this, and, but just in case we have some like young people on here, they're like, "Oh yeah, what? Are, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, good point. <laughs> yeah, so time cards are ways that people used to keep track of their hours, specifically in the staffing industry. So the way that the industry works is a particular um a, a you know a, a temp or a, or a, a worker or a job seeker employee working for a staffing agency will be working different assignments in different places, all based on skills and where they're, you know, where they live and all of that. And so when they, when they report into an assignment, they have to keep track of the hours they work. The way that they're paid is, is through the hours that they clock in at these various job sites. So for that, each employee would need to bring a time card. And this was way before there was anything like an iPhone or anything like that. I mean, these time cards were archaic. So people would show up with time cards, They'd, they'd write how many hours they worked in any given day or any given week. Then they take the time card back to the staffing agency office. And, you know, 12, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 year, year old me would be somewhere sitting in the back, putting them in alphabetical order and getting them all organized. So that's what, that's sort of what it looked like for me growing up in that family business. And so when I graduated from college in the mid nineties, um, I uh, decided that I didn't want to work for the family business at the time, but I knew so much about the industry. And at the time, there was something called the Y2K bug, which was, uh, so, you know, I don't know. Again, for young people out there, there was a time when <laughs> the entire world was supposed to stop because of um, computers not being able to handle 
the turnover of the century. So um, from 1999 to 2000, right? Correct. Right? That, that was the thing. That was the they thing. Were saying, oh, it's going to go back to 1900, and yeah. planes are going to crash, and yeah. electricity is shut off, and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So the world was going to end, right? So, Apparently. so when I was graduating from school, that was that was a real concern, and so um, technology and people making placements in the technology industry was big. And then things were starting to pick up. You know, uh, I mean, it was it was it was a pretty exciting time. There was something called the the dot com. Well, it was called the bubble, but at the time it was dot uh, com bubble. Yeah, yeah, that eventually burst, and and we'll talk a little bit about that. But but anyway, so I came out of school and started doing uh, recruiting and staffing, but in an entirely different industry. And so um, what happened was uh, my mother at the time, who was getting older and had always sort of assumed that her son was going to eventually join her, um, asked me to come and work for her. And, uh, and at first I thought, well, I don't know about this. You know, I, I kind of wanted to forge my own path. I decided that, um, that, yes, I will go and I will support my mother and, and, and become an entrepreneur through her company. And so I did that um, initially, brought her some of these at the time, lucrative contracts, uh, uh, which were on the IT field. And, uh, and then suddenly, uh, as things were sort of booming, um, those companies that we brought in started to one by one go out of business. And so um, those, those of you who don't know about the staffing industry, um, it's run based on uh, invoicing, right? So, so you're not paid right away. You are, somebody's working at a job site, and you're paying them, you know, the following week, but you may not receive payment for that invoice based on that customer's term. So, so you could logistically pay people over the course of a month and not receive payment until the following month. So you have a cash flow type of circumstance in the industry. And so what we ran into um, was my mother um, now having clients, which I had brought in, who were somewhat insolvent. So that you know, that, that definitely impacted the relationship with my mother at the time. Yeah. Cause and, she's like, wait a minute, you give me all these clients. And then I thought these were like, yeah, for sure things. And now that they're, they're going, they're going under what's going on. Yeah. What's going on? Like, Hey, you, 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 you're bringing our company down. This is so, so that's what that looked like at the time. And so I decided I had to do something. I had to make a move. I had to save my mom's business. I had to save the relationship. So at the time there was, um, not much going on in the way of uh, of staffing for restaurants and hotels and hospitality and things like that. And so I received this really interesting staffing request as I was working at my mother's office. And it was a catering company looking for 100 servers for a big government event that they were throwing at the time. And I don't know where they oh. found us um, because we didn't do that type of work. But I needed any sort of business at that time to be able to get back in my mother's good graces and get us, you know, get us in a position right. where we're actually, you know, net positive. So I asked them for credit card information up front. I said, we can do it, but we, but we need to get payment up front. And it was given and they were extremely desperate. So at that time I did a, a one-off and I found uh, waiters and bartenders and cooks and people that you wouldn't necessarily think to see from a staffing company at that time, but those are the type of people I placed at this large event. It went well, we were able to cover our payroll. And so I went and told my mom, look, I think I found this niche. You know, I know the IT thing is right now not going so well because of the insolvency of some of our customers, but there's this real niche that nobody's satisfying. Well, she didn't trust me. And she said, well, you've done this before. I don't want to play this game again. We'll but see. We'll, we'll see. see. Exactly. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So need, needless to say, I started on that path and it, and it started to take off. There started to be some customers that were interested. Now, this was 
in about 2000, this is when the dot-com bust came. So between 2000 and 2001, things were doing swimmingly well. Now, something else oh. pretty massive happened in 2001. It's called 9-11. And yeah. with when that happened, things took another nosedive. Um, obviously, the D.C. area was one, of the, was one of the places that was massively impacted with the planes hitting the Pentagon. And so hospitality suddenly stopped. Now, it wasn't to the point of where we experienced with the pandemic, but people didn't really want to celebrate at that time. Um, and so right. we found ourselves back in a position where I had made an executive decision now that had run into a 9-11 situation. And now suddenly we were sort of back in the same boat where I had built this entire right. sector within my family business. So needless to say, my mom said, thanks, but no thanks. Um, I was happy with my administrative and clerical company. And so that did cause some conflict. And so at that point, I left the company. But, 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 but I decided that I had learned enough about staffing through all these years, through osmosis and through working there. And I had discovered this really unique niche that there was a demand for. So I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my own business. I'm going to do this on my own. And I'm going to make this business specifically niche to the hospitality industry. So that's what I did. So in 2002, I launched my first uh, business which was called Penguin Services. And it was called Penguin because the majority of the people that would show up looked like penguins. And I remember uh, they would wear these, these bow ties, right? With the black and oh, white. Oh, like the servers kind of thing, right? Right, right. And I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember when I was thinking of a name, one of the people that, that, that was working with me at the time saw all these people with tuxedos coming in on their way to a banquet event. And they said, and they said, wow, those, they all look like penguins. And I said, that's the name of the company. It's going to be called Penguin. There you go. So that's penguin. what we named it. And so we started. And at the time, um, there was, uh, you know, online applications was a big deal. And, uh, yeah. you know, just, just being able to have someone not have to fill out paperwork and to be able to give a client access to your database to be able to sort and find bartenders or, you know, put, you know, be able to kind of see what your system, your, your, your quote unquote inventory of people looks like was a really novel idea. So I started the company saying, okay. This is going to be forward thinking. We're going to make it easy for people to apply. We're going to give ultimate value to our customers. We're going to use this new technology that's available, which wasn't much. I mean, we're talking no iPhones. We're talking really right. old school. I mean, it's barely laptops on the market. The ones that were there probably weighed about 75 pounds. So, yeah. so but it's it, not like desktop computers almost, right? Yeah, exactly. But regardless of that, we wanted to be forward thinking. In the hospitality industry, the, the industry we were serving, was even more behind the time. So these guys were using mm. fax machines, dot matrix fax machines to fax orders over at the <laughs> oh, time. Wow. So, I mean, we're talking, we're talking a, a much different time. So I launched the company. I found out really quickly that customer service was key to the business. So I needed to find out what the customers really cared about most. And what they cared about was that the people showing up on their job site had some level of experience or training or an understanding of what it is they needed to do. You see, what, what was happening was they were going to other companies that were more labor specific. And so when you're a hotel manager for, let's say, a Ritz-Carlton, and you're looking at people to be able to come and maybe serve guests or be able to work in a kitchen, you can't bring the same people that were just outside, you know, cleaning up a mess or, or raking leaves. You have to make sure that the people have a certain level of presentation and skill very, yeah, yeah, to be able to do specific. that. And so other staffing agencies that were attempting to compete in this niche weren't able to meet that sort of 25% skill level 
above and beyond what sort of a labor job was, right? So I realized quickly that this is going to need an an element of training. So in 2009, when Obama was elected, he put something together called the Workforce Improvement Act. And so what that did was it put allocated funds to be able to upskill and to train people on how to be able to do certain jobs and be able to, to get themselves to work. So we did that through our training school. We were successful. It was a very, very difficult uh, business to run. You're talking about having to put people into shifts that could potentially work. You could have one person work three different shifts at three different locations in one day. And when you think about that, there's a lot of logistics to be able to make that happen. You know? So that's interesting. So you fast forward now and then like, so explain to people what gravy work does now, right? Because I think I I was looking at, I was like, wow, that's actually a very unique idea. So gravy work is not the old company that I had, right? So, 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 so what happened was the old traditional staffing company that I had started to get a little bit disrupted because as I said, technology was something that I started the company very mindful about. And through the, through the journey of the company, the iPhone suddenly became something that people would use. Smartphones became something that you could actually acquire a job through. You could make money through your smartphone, right? So that started to upend the business that we were in. And we started to see over time that things are shifting, things are moving. These traditional staffing agency models where, where human beings are taking people and putting them into jobs manually is not the wave of the future. And so that we realized pretty quickly. And, and being somebody that was from sort of that technology understanding initially, we decided that we were going to shutter Penguin and launch an entirely new company. And so that company would require people to download an app to, for employers to get on a platform, either a desktop or an app. And it turns what we were doing, which was a staffing business into a marketplace where shifts are posted and workers are picking up those shifts. So it becomes ultimately transparent, ultimately flexible. People are accountable for what they do and employers are able to be able to fill their shifts in an on-demand uh, nature. We discovered that and we shut our lifestyle business down and I launched an entirely new company with some of the employees came with me, some of them didn't. Um, it was very painful, um, but ultimately we were successful in launching the new company and, and, uh, and so that's where gravy work came from. So in 2018, 2017, we shut down Penguin. We took time to build our new company. We went back to the marketplace that we were already servicing with the new product. We had to find adoption in that space. People had to actually think that they wanted to use this. And we went through that exercise. And so we came out of it. And uh, wow, that, yeah, that, that's just unbelievable. So Thanks. for those, like the fact that you can do it on the phone, because if, like you said, sometimes employees just might need that just need it just for the day, just because we have a shortage of staff. We just need a few people for today or whatever. And the staff can actually just literally say, oh, I need to pick up extra shifts. Go on your app. Find us. It. Like, oh, I know this one is just, just across the street. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. Now, just a quick question about that, though. So if it's like a hospitality thing here, so, this, so what type of roles would be fitting for something like this for your app? So what kind of workers are we looking at? You said in hospitality. Yeah, so, talking, so, like, so hotel staff, cooks, what else? So anywhere, so think, anywhere where there's food, beverages, there's space to rent is a place that would need services like ours. So you're talking about university dining halls. You're talking about country clubs and their banquet halls. You're talking about hotels. You're talking about hospitals and they have cafeterias and they have patient services. You're talking about stadiums. You're talking about theaters. You're talking about anywhere where there's 
events, space to rent, you know, um, resorts, anything like that. If there's food, beverage, or space, they are going to need the on-demand help. This is a seasonal and cyclical type of business. So those, whenever you have those two elements, whenever you have seasonality, cyclicality, then you're going to have turnover, a massive amount of turnover, and you're going to have a need right. for flexible resources on demand. So that's where our product really, really shines. So let me ask you this. So I, I know we're just going to be running with like six minutes. I'm going to try to see if I can get through this. No, it's here. A hey, do you need an error-free website? Do you need transcriptions that's accurate and on time? Would you like to remove noise from your video or audio recording? Do you need a spokesperson for your business? If so, we can help. At Northway Capital Group, we are happy to announce that we are now providing website testing services, audio transcriptions, and audio cleanup, as well as spokesperson services. We would love to help you on your next project. Contact us for more information at northwaycapitalgroup at gmail.com. Now it's time for tips from the pro. Okay. So for the tips from the pro segment here, so now people are wanting to get into that kind of space, whether it's mm -hmm. app development or an HR, or it's not HR, but more like the recruiting for specific things. So do you see, mm -hmm. what are the profitable niches that someone could potentially start in right now that's very similar to your business or anything like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, um, so the business that I'm in, because it's so shift heavy, because it's really based on, um, at this point, moving towards a marketplace. Um, to, be in the, to be in a niche like this, you want to have a marketplace tool, whether it's a third-party tool or something like that. But, but these days, staffing is, is, is really more prevalent than ever. Um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty now. Um, there's a lot of difficulty now and challenges in hiring people. So um, you're finding companies going out to outsource their staff so they don't have to hire them directly. It's an easier solution for them. And then for people, you're finding that people now realize that flexibility is key. I mean, right. coming out of the pandemic, um, a lot of people just found that their lives weren't necessarily fulfilled in the jobs that they were in. So there's, there's, a, there's a massive number of people that have left their jobs and have taken their skill set and have either become freelancers or have put together um, uh, lifestyles that allow for them to work project to project. So it, you know, down the line, whether you're talking about uh, senior technical, senior C-suite executives, all the way to um, to people that are you know day laborers, people that are just putting an effort in to get work done, all of them now have access to to flexibility, to monetizing their time when they want to monetize it, and then giving them, allowing them to be able to either add income if they need to add income, mm -hmm. or to be able to to make income um, on their time. So that's that's a that's a big difference. And you know what's interesting is is that. Even some of the larger Fortune 1000, Fortune 500, even Fortune 100 companies are now finding ways to implement a staffing model within their organizations. You can call it a gig economy model. Yes. So as opposed to giving employees, you know, uh, like rigid 40-hour weeks that may or may not meet with their lifestyles, they're starting to deconstruct their work schedules to make shifts more accessible, more available, so that it meets with the lifestyles of the people that are there. Oh, that's great. And last two questions here before I hit the rapid fire round here. And uh, yeah. just really quickly, so what do you give as your best advice on a new entrepreneur dealing with difficult clients? How, how, what's your best strategy to deal with that? Yeah, so I have a, you know, whether it's a new entrepreneur or somebody who's been seasoned in the business, uh, dealing with clients is about connecting. Um, it is about building a real relationship. And um, this, this business doesn't work uh, without partnerships. And so partnering with your customers is going to be 
a key to success. Um, having a relationship where a customer is basically telling you um, uh, how high to jump and you just sort of do what you can do to, to jump that high. Um, while you may find some customers that, that, that prefer to work with their vendors that way, almost all the time, those aren't real relationships. They're not sustainable. And a lot of the times you find yourself in positions where you're just not enjoying the work that you're doing. And, and really, you know, what, what, I would, what I would advise is this. If, if you plan on entering the staffing industry, whether it's the healthcare staffing whether it's administrative staffing, IT staffing, industrial, there's just so many different places. There's niche staffing for airplane engineers, doctors, lawyers, truck drivers. There's every industry at this point has wow. some sort of outsourced labor component. But one thing that you're going to be dealing with, no matter what down the line is, you're going to be in a, in a business that centers around people. And people businesses require the ability to build relationships, whether it's with your workforce, whether it's when your internal staff, or whether it's with your customers. Those relationships will get you through any sort of challenges that you run into, you know, as, as, as work happens. And when you're dealing with people and, you know, there's that old adage, right? Like, what, what do they say? The, the, the most difficult thing is hiring and, you know, hi, yeah. you know that's right. It's almost like hire slow, there's, fire fast kind of thing, right? Yeah. So, so, the, so there's that and it's just such a key ingredient to business. So if you're going to be the uh, apparatus for another company to hire their people, well, you better have DNA that has you as a as a compassionate um, people person and understanding person, and you and you'll do well. Um, uh, if not, you you may still do well, but you're not going to enjoy you're it. Not and enjoy ultimately, it at all. yeah, it's not going to you're not going to enjoy it, and it won't be sustainable. It just won't be sustainable as a business. So uh -huh. that's the key ingredient: is the ability to connect with people, build relationships. Um, and, and that's it. Excellent. All right. Hey you, do you need a voiceover? Well, look no farther. Northway Capital Group has your answer. Commercials and explainer videos, AVR and voicemail, health and wellness, corporate training and e-learning, announcements, documentaries, and biography. Contact us on social media or email us at northwaycapitalgroup at gmail.com. Now it's time for the rapid fire round. <laughs> Last, last few questions. We're at the last minute. I'm going to see if I can get through this rapid fire round really quickly. Ready to go, Alex? I'm ready. All right. Okay. Let's First go. question. What would the 15 year old self think you'll be doing right now? Um, uh, probably playing baseball. Baseball. Excellent. All right. Next question. Would you rather wear a monitor that beeps when you're lying or beeps when you're attracted to someone? Beeps when I'm lying. <laughs> Worst yeah. movie sequel ever made. Uh, uh, up in smoke too. Up in smoke. Cheech and Chong too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mine is still. I, I've said this a few times. I mine is Mortal Kombat too. For some reason, that was just. Uh, really is it really bad? bad? Yeah, first yeah. one was great. But I have a best. I have a best sequel ever. Okay, made. best sequel. What's the best sequel? Evil Dead Two. Oh, I have to see yeah, that one. Still. Evil Dead Two is a really good. Yeah, it's right. super awesome. Last two questions. If you had a sandwich named after you, what would be on it, and what would it be called? Wait, I missed that. Say that again. If you had a sandwich named after you, what would be on it? Hmm. I th what would be on it? Well, at this time in my life, probably like eggplant <laughs> and some sort of vegan cheese. Vegan cheese. Okay. Um, yeah. Probably avoid tomatoes because they're kind of acidic. So possibly some avocado, maybe something on there. What would it so be called? So it'd be a really unique sort of, it'd be a unique, healthy plant-based sandwich. And it'd be called? Um... It would be called the, let me, that's a good one. Um, the, 
I don't know. The Big Al. The Big Al. There you go. Put on a shirt. All right. Last question. Like I said, maybe we'll have to bring you in on part two in another episode to get some other details. But this last sure. question here is, what is your theme song and why? So that song hits. You're walking. People know Alex is coming. Um, hmm. That's a good one. Uh, let me see here. What's my theme song? Uh, I guess my theme song these days would be Touch of Grey. Oh. Ah. Nice. I'm gray now. There you go. <laughs> I'm not that far off, but uh, all right. I do appreciate it. So where can people reach out to you, Alex, if they want to, and more information about it and just to reach out to you, where can people find you? Yeah, you can go to my website. It's alexatwood.co. So you can always find me there. Not.com. Remove the M.co. And if you want to take a look at uh, the company that I'm uh, talking about, the, the, the latest machination of it, it's called Gravy Work. And that's G-R-A-V-Y, V as in Victor, work, W-O-R-K. Uh, well, thanks a lot, Alex. Like I said, looking forward to having you again uh, for maybe a part yeah, two. Yeah, absolutely. I'm down for it. Right. Do you have a small business story to share? The SME Stories podcast is looking for entrepreneurs to share their tales of success, failure, and everything. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or know someone would be a great fit, please contact us at Northway Capital Group at gmail.com. That's Northway Capital Group at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the SME Stories Podcast, which is owned by Northway Capital Group. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Northway Capital Group.